Hello and welcome to the Local Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Johnson. The Local Leaders Podcast provides a platform for successful business owners to share their stories, their experiences, their advice, and their ideas in order to help our listeners achieve more success in their business and in their lives. Get ready. Another great show is coming up. Hey, good morning, everyone. It's a lovely Monday, January 24th, and welcome to another episode of the Local Leaders Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Johnson, and I am uh, super excited to be here today with uh, someone not too far away from uh, my North Carolina location. Uh, I've got Bob Roberts of Redwood Smoke Shack on today. Welcome to the podcast, Bob. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. Hey, we are, uh, like I said, I, I'm really excited to have you and uh, to get a chance to kind of learn from you about, about Redwood and, and the business itself, kind of what you've been doing, what you plan to do and all that. And of course, the goal of, of our show is to always to help our listeners in any way that we can by providing ideas and insights and strategies and you know different things that successful folks like yourself, Bob, have done. So uh, looking forward to it. I'd, I'd love to just kind of launch out and, and let you share with our listeners a little bit about your business. Okay. Um, so Redwood Smoke Shack is a, uh, a barbecue restaurant. We started back in 2017 with a food truck, but it started many years prior to that with just uh, doing some barbecue in my backyard. Uh, while I was brewing, while I was home brewing beer, and I would have a bunch of friends over, you know, brewing beer, and you know that takes you know five six hours to do. So I figured, you know, hey, we need some food. So I found a little smoker on Craigslist, and I bought it because again, it wasn't. It was about the process. Um, and same thing with you know craft brew brewing is that you know it's it's a long process. You know, it may take five hours to actually brew the beer, but then it takes another you know, week to two weeks for that beer to finish. So uh, barbecue was kind of that same thing where it was a long drawn out process. And that's kind of kind of what I enjoyed about it. So, uh, you know, I was uh, at the time when I started barbecue, I, I was a food service director for a local university here uh, at Norfolk State University. And I worked for a um, hospitality company, Thompson, Thompson Hospitality. And uh, again, this was just something I could do on the weekends, get together with some friends. That was part of my barbecue or my brewing club. Mm-hmm. And we can just have some beers and, you know, shoot the breeze and kind of disconnect from normal everyday life. Um, and what I found was uh, the barbecue started overtaking the homebrew hobby. And, you know, a small $60 smoker on Craigslist turned into uh, my friend and I building a large uh, pig pit. And then we started doing some luau's once a year at my house. And and, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, we got to the point where with tax returns one year, because again, working a nine to five or actually, you know, uh, food service director, you're working 16 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're not making a whole lot of money. So when tax returns came around and I was fortunate to get some money back, I found the largest smoker that, uh, again, on Craigslist, and it was local, uh, but it was $1,500, but it was a tow behind smoker. And I said, okay, cool, you know, I'll, I'll buy that. And it would, you know, hopefully allow me to do a little bit more. Well, when I actually went and got it, 
I realized how much larger it was. And I was like, oh boy, now, now what do I do? Um, so when I got home, I'm like, yeah, you know, one pork butt on here just doesn't really do it justice. So uh, I told my girlfriend at the time, hey, I'm going to go to Restaurant Depot and I'm going to get, you know, this a bunch of, I, don't, I can't remember what it was, probably three, four hundred dollars worth of meat. Um, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to cook it and then we're going to pull the smoker to the end of my driveway in my neighborhood and we're going to sell it to my neighbors. And she's looking at me like, what are you talking about? Um, and I was like, well, you know, the only way for me to perfect the skill of barbecue is actually to barbecue. And with a smoker that large, I was, I just couldn't see another way to use it without having a bunch of meat on it. So um, that's what we did. It was a cold April day. Uh, it was a Sunday. We pulled it to the end of my driveway and I just sold, got some three compartment containers, made up a little menu. Neighbors were driving by, you know, smokers going and just kind of giving them menus and set up a table. And um, we sold out in probably like three hours. Uh, so that was kind of kind of that, oh, aha moment, maybe. Um, and I was like, OK, well, this that was cool. You know, that was fun. You know, maybe we'll do it again, you know, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, you know, my girlfriend was looking at me again like, oh, <laughs> I don't really want to waste my Sunday, but OK, if that's what you want to do. So we did it two weeks later and we did twice as much product and we sold out in half the time. Hmm. Um, all just kind of, you know, everything was pre-done. I had it all in pans on the smoker. The smoker was just for the marketing. You know, you get that smell in the air. Yeah. People are driving by and they're like, well, what the heck's this? They've been smelling it for years and now it was their chance to get it. And we didn't do anything out of control. I mean, we did pulled pork. We did ribs. Um, I think we did grilled chicken. We didn't do, we weren't into brisket or anything that really took some skill because again, I was just trying to learn. Um, so then we started getting notes left in our mailbox and on our front door. Hey, when are you going to do it again? And, you know, people started showing up with like lists of like, this is what I want to order. And I was like, holy crap. Okay. This is, this is getting a little, little out of control. Um, so talking to my girlfriend, you know, we, we kind of looked on, I looked on eBay and I found the food trailer <laughs> that we currently have. And it was up in upstate New York. And, and, you know, I just moved from Syracuse a handful of years prior. Uh, and my girlfriend has never been up there to meet my friends. So I was like, well, let's, we can kind of go up there and, and take a look at this trailer and I can introduce you to everybody and, you know, show you where I used to live. So we went up there and Took a little road trip and uh, purchased it, towed it home, and, you know, it sat dormant in my driveway for six months because, you know, I was trained by a hospitality company that uh, sent me away to Chick-fil-A, sent me away to Yum Brands down in Dallas, sent me away to Tropical Smoothie because we, we contracted those concepts on our campus. So, you know, I really didn't do anything until, you know, I knew it was 100% sound. And I think that's one of the big problems with, you know, this food service restaurant industry is that there are a lot of people out there that kind of jump into it saying, oh, well, my aunt or my uncle, you know, says I make a great whatever. And, you know, I can kind of put some money together to start something. It's like, well, if you haven't 
thought from A to Z twice and you know it's 100%, you know, I don't care if it's food service or what it is, you know, don't don't get into it. And, you know, fortunately, I had the background running a uh, $11.5 million P&L, you know, university food service um, to where a little tiny food truck, I, you know, for me, you know, I, I think I had, when I bought the trailer, I bought the box truck and all the stuff to start $28,000 into it. So for me, I said, okay, well, I can take that out of my bank account and I know I'll be able to at least make that money back, whether it takes me a year or two years, you know, because the original plan was just to do it on the weekends, one weekend a month. Um, I knew all the local brewery owners because of my homebrew club. So for me, I already had a place to set up and, uh, you know, it started one Saturday a month. And then next thing you know, we're out there two Saturdays a month. And before you know it, we're out there every Saturday. And before you know it, you know, I'm, I'm hiring uh, a prep person because I'm working my full-time job. I'm coming home, prepping a couple hours every night, you know, so for about two years, I, I worked seven days straight, um, you know, on my own Redwood Smoke Shack and, you know, also for this other company. And, and at that point, I left the university and I became a food broker for uh, Acosta Sales and Marketing. So I was a food broker for K-12 in the military for the state of Virginia. Um, so I saw that side of the coin, um, which also helped me today because you know, you, once you learn distribution, um, it really helps you in uh, the restaurant uh, because you see a lot of the, uh, the games that people try to play. So. You know, I have a lot of background, fortunately, for people that I've worked for and with, you know, have got me to the point that we are here today. Um, so, you know, Redwood Smoke Shack started as just that food trailer, just out there having fun because we were going to be at the breweries anyways. And we started winning, you know, best food truck and we started winning, you know, doing these barbecue competitions and winning these. So. Um, we got in a couple magazines, so it was kind of, it was kind of like, okay, you know, this is kind of neat, you know, where do I go from here? And I couldn't, I was not giving my full-time career and this business that I created, I, I was giving neither one of them a hundred percent. Um, so I had to kind of make a decision and to me, the decision, it was, a, it was hard, but easy at the same time, because I was just looking at, okay, well, what am I bringing home at my normal job, making sure that I can still pay my bills? And can I, you know, ask myself that real question, can I make that for myself? And the answer that I came up with was yes. So then when I, when I figured that out, then I started to talk with a business consultant. So this uh, gentleman that teaches tourism and hospitality for the university that I used to work for, I reached back out to him and I said, hey, Larry, you know, um, I, I really want to. Not that I believe in business plans, because at that time I did not believe in a business plan. Mm -hmm. I, I thought business plans were stupid. I didn't see what the benefit was of one. But I reached out to Larry and I said, hey, you know, I want you to do a business plan for me. Because, again, I was I was full time working and then doing this on the side. Um, so I hired him. We came up with a business plan. We came up our pro formas, feasibility reports. Uh, I took that to the bank. And with what I was able to, because Redwood Smoke Shack, 
you know, that that account was not being touched. I, I was not utilizing that account to live. So I was able to take the, all that package to the bank and say, hey, this is what I have. You know, can you guys, will you guys take a gamble on me? And, you know, they came back and said, yeah, you know, this is what we're able to do. Um, so there was a little small hamburger hot dog place in uh, Norfolk and Ghent, kind of the cool area. And the word on the street was that the owner was looking to sell. So I started that conversation with him and he came back and, you know, and I was like, you know, that might really set up well for this Texas kind of barbecue place because it has that serving counter and that's kind of crucial to Texas Mm -hmm. barbecue. Um, Well, little did I know that, you know, he came back and he said, you know, hey, I really like your concept, but um, I don't really think you'll make it here. So I don't know if, and, and, you know, in my mind, I started cussing them out, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, because I've already started to gain that following. And, but a food truck following is different than a brick and mortar, of course. Um, so it took me, I want to say, 16 months of conversation with this gentleman back and forth. You know, the first few months, it was once every couple of weeks. Hey, you know, I'm really interested you know, can we start talking? And, you know, it was all like dead ends. And then it was, you know, once a month. And then it was once every three months. And, you know, then I was looking around to other places and I was ready to sign on a strip mall location and uh, this really nice part of Virginia Beach. And the owner of the strip mall was really going to bend over backwards for me because he really liked what I was doing. And But I didn't really, I never saw my concept being a strip mall concept. Yeah. Um, I needed the room. I needed someplace to put smokers and, you know, they were going to put in hoods inside for me just for the smokers and all this other stuff. But so I reached out one more time to the owner of the property and I said, Hey, you know, are you at all interested? And he came back a couple hours later and says, Hey, I'm in South America at a yoga retreat. He said, <laughs> let's talk when I get home on Monday. So I was like, Okay, well, maybe he had the aha moment, you know, uh, there in this yoga because he owns two other really well uh, known restaurants in the area. So this yeah. this bar, this this hamburger hot dog joint um, wasn't really his moneymaker, but it was a place that he he used it basically as his home base for his office. Yeah. And, it, and it paid the bills um, and it's been around since 1969. So it's been around since for a while. So um, he came back. We kind of struck up a deal. Um, I moved forward with him. We renovated for three months. I hired my GM um, day one of the renovation. So for three months, you know, I quit my job. For three months, we just basically daily helped the contractors renovate, did our own personal touches, you know, and still operated the food truck. And... uh, had a grand opening. And then, uh, you know, I like to say it's the rest is history, but you know, eight months later, COVID hit and which I'm very fortunate that I was not open longer than eight months because I wasn't able to really, I guess, know my identity. Mm-hmm. So I was able to pivot very quickly with COVID, you know, everybody around me has been open forever. And they're like, oh, well, you know, this is like a two week vacation because that's what we were being told. Right. It's, yeah. it's just 
shut down for two weeks. And I said, well, I don't, I don't have the funds to shut down for a day. So if it means that I have to go back underground in my food truck and go out, you know, into neighborhoods, I need to pay the bills because even if my doors are open here, I have a, you know, a mortgage and things like that. Yeah, got overhead. Yeah. So, um, so we never shut down, you know, we, we redid the schedule where it was myself, my GM, my front of the house manager, and, and I think a utility worker. Um, and which is hard for a barbecue restaurant because, you know, my fire gets lit on Monday morning. It doesn't go out till Saturday afternoon. You know, it's all day, all night. So there's somebody that's got to be tending that fire. This is not, you know, nothing against mission barbecue and these Dickies and things like that, but this is not a, a large oversized convection oven. These are actually wood fired smokers, um, which is something different than this area has ever really known. Um, so we're also introducing product to the area that was foreign. You know, brisket was not a thing around here. It's, I mean, we're right near in you know, North Carolina. Pork is it's it's pork country. Um, so we had to educate, and that's kind of been my building philosophy ever since day one. Is you know, I'm I'm here to educate people, and that's why we do a lot of um, social media, and we do a lot of lives where we and I invite the viewers into our back door and I want to I want them to see what we go through every day just to make that brisket or that pulled pork sandwich um you know and cuz I didn't know what that I didn't know what it took when I was just a backyard guy I was like oh I'll throw 3 4 hours of smoke on it and finish in my oven and it's the best damn thing I ever had yeah that's not the, not the case you know you hear that all the time oh yeah the best brisket I ever had was the one I one I made yeah, of course. But I think you're a little partial. Um, so, you know, COVID COVID struck and, and it kind of just uprooted everybody. But, uh, you know, for for me, we all we had to do was just increase more our orders for our to goes. You know, we took away our trays and we just had to order more takeout boxes and things like that. Um and we were set up with that serving line almost, you know, they, they call it the Chipotle way, but it's really Subway kind of style, cafeteria style. So we already had a sneeze guard in between us and the customer. So, you know, we, we, we weren't that six feet wasn't really a thing for us. We just kind of put some flames on the floor where, you know, our logo is a flame um, where the six foot and we just, you know, we showed the, the public what we were doing to go above and beyond to keep them safe. And that was kind of a, I think that's, that's a huge part of COVID when it started is that the normal public just wanted to feel safe because nobody knew what the heck COVID was. Yeah. Um, and I think to this day, I mean, they still want to know that you're being safe and that's why I invite people into my backyard. I will show you our prep area. I will show you our walk-ins. Um, because I was also trained by, you know, in a university where I was getting inspected, you know, every week because we're doing thousands and thousands of meals. So, you know, a lot of these protocols were just normal practice to me where, you know, once you open up an independent restaurant, you know, people start to cut corners and, you know, oh, well, I'm not going to spend money on day dots and I'm not going to spend money on, you know, test strips and whatever it might be. That's just kind of that's that's all I know. You know, um, you know, and I'm, I'm real thankful for learning Chick-fil-A because Chick-fil-A is just I mean, they're ge they're they're just geniuses. 
and, and what they're doing right now, how they're taking the drive through experience and they're making it personal. You know, they're still putting a personal touch on a drive through experience. Yeah. Um, it, it's genius. It really is. They're just, they're, they're, they're getting rid of their dining room. I mean, and, and they still have a person outside that you're communicating with. And yep. that's, you know, I've, I've learned, I've, I want to say I've learned from the best, you know, and I've had some uh, bosses that at the time I was cussing them out every day, you know, I mean, three, four hour inspections, me getting my hands and knees with suits on, you know, behind fryers and, and you know, pointing out the what's wrong and how we have to fix it. You know, it just became second nature to me. Um, and and I, I try to pass that along to my staff and my managers on a daily. Um, and then also knowing the back of the the, the, the office part, the administrative part, you know, where P&Ls and, and food costs and inventory and labor, mm-hmm. uh, your pro formas and knowing, you know, I mean, you have to have forecasts, uh, all things that in barbecue is kind of hard because we are so far ahead. You know, we're, we're trimming today for a Wednesday or Thursday service. So if, if like with the storm that just rolled through last week, you know, I had to make the call on Thursday to be shut down on Saturday because I would have to be prepping that far in advance. Um, so it's a pretty expensive decision that you got to make. But again, I'm not going to, you know, if I don't, if, if I wouldn't have my wife driving something like that, I'm not, I'm not going to have my team. And I've worked, you know, I've worked for people that just didn't care. And that's something with an independent restaurant, you know, you have to care. You ha- it's about your team. It's about your customers. Everybody, you know, I want everybody to feel as if they're part of the Redwood family. Um, so, you know, we, we, we were just grinding, grinding daily. Uh, I mean, we we're making our numbers. We were pretty good on our projections um, to the point where uh, I don't want to say I got board, but I started building that team around me to where my day-to-day wasn't filled with the manual labor anymore. So I'm like, okay, well now, now I have time. What do I do? And that's where the idea of the second location came into play. You know, we still have the food truck and we were operating it. Um, so I said, okay, well, if I have a second location, I'm going to take that food truck philosophy where we, where we have a commissary and we're prepping everything out of a commissary and we basically load it up and we go and we sell it. And when we're gone, we, or when we're done, we go home. So mm-hmm. I kind of took that philosophy and that's where the Virginia beach location kind of stemmed from. Um, you know, it's, it's 1400 square feet. It's a smaller footprint, which our location in Norfolk is only 1450 square foot, but a majority of its kitchen rather than dining mm-hmm. where Virginia beach, all of its dining and there's no kitchen. So the kitchen, the, the working space there is set up identically to my serving line in Norfolk. So I did that on purpose too. So knowing that staffing is a problem, if I need to take a staff member from Norfolk and push them to Virginia beach, there's no difference. Um, they can, they know exactly that warmer does this. This is the way we played up here. There's, there's nothing different. Um, so I call it my kind of beta test, my express unit, but it, the mm-hmm. menu is exactly the same. Uh, every day, you know, we utilize our Norfolk location 
And all we do is we just project what we're going to sell in Virginia Beach. Mm. And we load up our Sprinter van, you know, mm. it's all wrapped and logoed every morning with fresh product. And it gets pushed down there. And we have one shift of employees. We're open 11 to 6. So I'm able to run the whole operation with four individuals. Um, so everybody's full time. And when we're sold out, we're sold out. You know, you know, we do half the amount of business that we do in our Norfolk location. But my idea was not that I had to make it my cash cow. My idea was to test an idea of central kitchen and then push out to these smaller express units. Kind of, again, you know, like Subway does. I mean, Subway is not very profitable in each individual location. But if you speak with a, uh, an owner of Subway, they may have five to 10 locations. So if you're profiting, you know, $2,000, let's just say in a week, well, times that by 10, and that's where how they're making their money. So that was kind of my idea. And it's weird because a couple months into this experiment, I call it, you know, I, I started kind of realizing maybe that I got into this just for just to be the neighborhood barbecue joint. Right. And, but I'm like, okay, well I'm in it. So now I need to keep executing this plan. Um, and that's kind of what we're doing. So this year, 2022, um, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm in talks with a brewery to keep, to house our food trailer there uh, permanently. And what we'll do is we will open on the days that, you know, are your money-making days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And because the food truck's already paid for. So why, why, why get another, you know, over some more overhead for rent and utilities when I can just set that food truck there, don't move it, and then operate it as a uh, third location. Yeah. So we're going to test that concept this year. And, you know, hopefully, um, you know, God willing that I can keep building a solid team because it's all about the team, especially with barbecue, because yeah. there's so much prep and there's so much back end work. Um, you know, what I used to be able to do myself, I need qualified, uh, knowledgeable people. And it's hard in Virginia to find those people that know Texas barbecue. We're not in Texas. Um, so I've been having to, you know, we, we start everybody basically from scratch and, you know, you basically have to build them up, which is, which is good because then you can train them your way. Um, but I need people that are also as dedicated as I am to my brand. And that's real hard to find. You know, everybody says you're never going to find anybody that cares about your business like you. And, you know, I, I believe it, but if you agree with that statement and you just accept it, then you're never going to find that person. And you just need to find the team is the most important thing. Um, and I've been very fortunate. Um, we, you know, we're a profitable business. We've been able to open up a second location during COVID. Um, you know, we still win awards. We still are in magazines, on cover of magazines. Uh, we just won uh, Best Sausage in Virginia. We make our own sausage in-house. Um, so there's things like that, that, you know, if you just settle, you'll never get to that point. Um, yeah. And, you know, we just constantly are trying to evolve. Hey, I'm... I'm curious, um, and thank you for sharing all that. I'm I'm curious about the um, 
the the options you've got the express you've got the smaller footprint counter service um location in virginia beach that um where you're commissary and in you know majority of the foods you got the food truck that you're going to experiment with you know at that at the brewery which one of those carries higher i guess operating cost or are they well, of course the, the uh the the brick and mortar is always going to carry the higher operating costs you know i Back in 2017, when I bought the food truck and, and, and went all in, I guess, you know, I guess, quote unquote, all in, you know, for $28,000. Yeah. I knew that I could even just doing it one, one Saturday a month, you know, I would, I would recoup my ROI would be, um, be recouped after a year. So I wasn't really too worried about it. So for me, you know, I'm trying to think of, okay, what's, where's my third location going to be? And I'm, you know, looking at this food truck every day that I'm like, well, damn, there it is. There it is. And it's just sitting there and it's making me no money. It's not costing me any money, but it's not making me any. So, you know, all I would, my investment, you know, moving forward, once we get it out there, I mean, I'm, I'm, what am I buying? Propane gas for my generator and then labor for the, you know, two to three bodies that are going to be there. Um, I'm not, you know, utilizing an additional smoker. I'm, I'm piggybacking off of what I currently have. You know, we may have to alter our cook schedules so we can fit, you know, a little bit more on, but it's not, again, I'm not looking for this thing to be, you know, a multi-million dollar food truck. I'm, I'm looking at, you know, how do I generate, you know, five to $6,000 extra a week, you know, because with zero overhead, that five, $6,000 really adds up. Yeah, no, no doubt. And the, and the trade out there with the, the brick and mortar, I guess, is uh, you got more hours of operation in the brick and mortar and can probably drive more revenue total. We do. But what COVID also did for me is we were we were open six days. We were open Tuesday through Sunday when we first opened um, Sunday being a shorter day. So it was really five and a half days. That way I, could, I had a day to do my inventory. And I also had a day to make a little bit of money while I was there doing inventory. I could still have the business running. Um, so when COVID hit, we kind of got rid of Sunday. So we're, we still are Tuesday through Saturday. And what we found is we just kind of pushed the business from Sunday to other days. Um, and, and year after year, we're, you know, on average, 25% off in sales each year that we've been open. So that's, uh, that's, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I like the way that you're you're running kind of a diversified set of um, set of stores for that second and third location. And you can watch them and test them and kind of see which which way you want to go in the future. And and I'm guessing you could go either way. You, know, you can drop trailers or, or trucks into additional locations pretty quickly and uh, relatively inexpensively. So. Uh, as you as you ramp up, I think you had a goal in mind of of maybe how many truck locations you might. Well, want. yeah, my my goal is uh, well, it was when I moved that forward the second location. My goal was to have five locations like that within three years. That was my goal uh, because I told myself when I started this that I was giving myself five years, and at five years I was going to assess where I'm at. So. You know, I was two years in, so I had three more years. So that's why I gave myself that three-year goal. So, yeah. um, you know, and it's, I look back on it now and I don't really set goals about numbers anymore um, because I also, I, I'm valuing not so much the dollar, 
I'm valuing relationships. I'm valuing partnerships. Um, and I'm trying, I'm trying to be here for the long haul and without that strong foundation. And if all you care about is the dollar, you know, like I tell people, I'm, I'm, I'm care about people walking to my door. I don't really care about what they spend. I know the money's there with that person. I just have to convince them to spend it with me. I just got to get them in the door. And we do a lot. You know, we do a lot of marketing. Um, I, I employ a lot of upper management. Not only do I have myself, I have my GM slash production manager at my Norfolk location. I have uh, my kitchen manager there who heads up all my prep. Um, I have my manager down in my VB store. And then I also uh, probably when we opened up the Virginia Beach store, I, I hired on a director of operations um, because I can't be everywhere at one time. You know, I'm still the one that gets I get up and I'm at the restaurant every day at 5 a.m. Um, I have a pit guy now, but that doesn't mean that I, you know, I don't 100 percent trust people. You know, I know that if I need to be there at 5 a.m., because that's when, let's just say the butts have to be wrapped, the ribs and chicken got to go on to make sure that we open up at 11. I know I'll be there at 5 a.m., even if I have somebody on the schedule that's my pit guy at 5 a.m. So, um, you know, I'm still there at 5 a.m. And, you know, I might work till 3 o'clock. I might work till 6 o'clock that night, depending on where I have to be. Um, so, you know, the goal is still to have five, six locations. The goal is still to build out a larger commissary. You know, we started bottling one of our, our house barbecue sauce. We had that bottled uh, a few months back um, and we're selling that in the store and packages and our rubs and all that kind of stuff. Um, so my goal is to build out a larger commissary to where our Norfolk location would still even feed off from that commissary. But the beauty of it is the owner of my building also owns that all that property with the building right behind it. Mm. That's a larger warehouse. So, you know, the talks have been with him from day one about, Hey, you know, what would it take to purchase this whole thing? So um, that's still the goal, but you know, I won't do anything until I'm 125% sure that that's what I want to do. And that's, it will be successful. Um, we introduced the trays back in service uh, about a month ago. So that was an exciting day because with barbecue and, you know, we mirror all our barbecue off the big, I, I said the big guys in Texas, you know, all these top 50 guys. So, um, you know, the visual aspect is very important to me. So to be able to put that on trays again was a big deal to me. And it's, it's weird to say that just having trays back in is a big deal. But it also saves now a lot on these boxes because we're using these number ones and number threes to go boxes, you know, not styrofoam. And, and you're looking at, you know, 20 cents a box up to 27 cents a box. And, you know, every meal might have two boxes and three deli containers. And, you know, we do logo lids. We got logo yeah. deli paper. We got logo bags. So, you know, every person that dines in now, all I have to give them is a one cent piece of deli paper on a quarter sheet pan and you know the rest of it is is not very costly you know a half pound boat doesn't really cost you that much yeah. a fraction of what an eight ounce container deli container costs so um you know when you go back and you're looking at you know what your profit margins are and where you're where you're losing this money 
COVID really screwed us because all of your prices have gone up. Not, not even, not just proteins. I mean, our proteins are up 85%. You know, I read these articles of, oh yeah, inflation seven, you know, 7.1%, 8.4%. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, my chicken's up, you know, 150%. Yeah. You know, all my proteins are, are through the roof and not only proteins, but all your packaging. So yeah, you know, it's all those small wins right now. Um, and then knowing what your numbers are, you know, that's, that's a big key to it is to, to know what your food cost is, to know what your trim yield is, to know what your cook loss is. Um, these are things that, you know, without actually doing, you know, the weights and, 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 and you you don't know people are just guessing and you can't run a business. And I don't care if it's food. I don't care what your business is. You, you, know, you need to know your numbers. You have to. Um, you know, I love, I love just kind of winging like, oh, we got a special today. What are we going to charge? Oh, 1250. Uh, that's fun, right? But you know what? Let me spend three minutes and figure out what my cost is. Because if I'm going to sell 50 of them today, I at least want to know that I'm not losing money. I mean, there are some things that we break even on. But that is by design. You know, it's that loss leader, you know, beef ribs. Extremely expensive product for me. And, you know, I, I got to pass that along to the customer, but I don't make money on my beef ribs. But again, I do beef ribs only on Saturdays and it's only till sellout. So they might only last two hours, but it's it's the wow factor. It's I can go to my social media pages and I can post these pictures and I can get people saying, oh, I'm going there for a beef rib. Well, if you don't get there early, that beef rib is going to be gone. You know, sorry to say that, but you'll still buy some. Yeah. So um, it's it's an interesting, it, it keeps you thinking every second of the day. I'll tell you that much. Food service definitely keeps you on your feet. Well, it's, uh, it sounds like you got it, got it under control and, uh, and you know, well on your way to, to reaching those goals that you set. Um, you know, from this journey that you've been on now for several years, um, you know, it, uh, it really does sound like you, you kind of got it figured out. And like you said, you got to be in control of those numbers. You got to know what they are and got to think through these things and, um, you know, how you're going to, how you going to present it to your customers and, uh, and drive revenues and profits and, and all that good stuff. So, Hey, let me ask you, are you, are you, struggling with uh, with staffing at all or have you been able to keep up pretty much with it's with what you funny need? you say that because if you were to ask me that a month and a half ago i would have said yes we can't find anybody to fill out an application i don't know what happened but so our minimum wage just went up here probably a month ago after it went up we we were getting i mean i'm getting five ten applicants a day walking through our door and, and, and these are, I'm finding qualified people too, which is very, very surprising. Um, so I don't know, you know, I was a big, oh my God, how am I, you know, minimum wage, this is going to be tough. Now we weren't really, we're not, most of our staff is well above the minimum wage. You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in you, you pay, you get what you pay for. And, you know, I will pay for good people. Um, but it's weird. I've definitely seen a shift. In this past month, um, the last time we put out, you know, hey, we're hiring, you know, another prep person or a, a, another dishwasher, whatever it might be, 
you know, it just opened up the floodgates. And I don't know if it's because we've been around long enough now or if, you know, a lot of these people that work for us now were regular customers. So they kind of know what our philosophy is and, and our brand is and they 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 enjoy it. You know, they might be there two, three times a week. So they're like, hey, why don't I pull just some part time hours here? So we've been fortunate. Um, we're getting some more uh, college age kids now putting in applications, which we didn't have for a while. Um, so I don't know if it's because we've been around for a couple of years that we're a little bit more fortunate or, you know, maybe people actually do the research before they go and they put applications in and they're like, hey, you know what? I did the research on this business and, you know, it looks like a business that I actually want to work for or work with mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, I try to make it a fun atmosphere. If I got to be there 12, 14 hours a day, I want to make sure everybody there has fun. Um, and fortunately, we're a busy location, so there's not a whole heck of a lot of standing around doing nothing. <laughs> and I find that the people that actually want to work, they don't like to stand around and do nothing. No. So, you know, they enjoy that the customers enjoy it. And it, it just it, the interaction. It's amazing for me to sit back and watch because. I, I'm like, you know, if I jump in and try to help right now, I'm the one that slows them down. Like they're a well-oiled machine. Like they're all feet because it's not one person per one customer. It's five people working on one customer from start to finish. And, you know, we we can get you in and out our door when you finally get to our cutting board to paying in less than three minutes. So um that's pretty impressive considering that Chick-fil-A is like 347, I think, from when you order to when you get your food. So, you know, it's week after week. And that's something that I follow through our point of sale system um, because I want to make sure we're we're giving the service, but we're also very, very speedy at the same time um, because everything's done right in front of you. If you say, hey, I want a half pound of brisket. You know, we're pulling out that brisket. We're asking you, you want lean and moist. We're, you know, we're giving you a sample. Have you tried this before? Have you been here? You know, we employ a bunch of different techniques um, to identify the first time customer. You know, I, I, I watch a lot of pod or I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I watch a lot of YouTube and, you know, we don't have the luxury like a sit down restaurant to where we can identify and we have a server that can pick your brain and, you know, over an hour period. So when you come in, we have ways to, to know like, hey, okay, this person hasn't been here before. So we mark their tray with a, a pink token now. So when they get to the register, we have cards that we made up with a nice, it's a dessert card. We have, a, it's a, a banana pudding. It's called Banana Masu. But on the front, it's a free, you know, thanking them for their visit, free Banana Masu on the second time they come back. And on the flip side of that, it's a QR code that they can leave a review. So you know, we're identifying that first time customer, everybody along that path, you know, it might be 20 foot long from the cutter to the cashier, but you're dealing with four to five different employees. Well, everybody now knows that pink token, that customer is a first time customer. So everybody knows to go above and beyond, even if it's only four, 15, 20 seconds, they know, oh, have you, tri have you tried our mac and cheese before? We already know the answer is no, you haven't been there before. So, oh, here's a sample. And oh, okay, yeah, I want to try that. You know, and then you can suggestive sell and upsell. And did you know this? And then you can, mm -hmm. you know, getting the staff trained to educate too. Do you know that our collards take four hours? Do you know that we have this? 
you know, uh, do you know that, you know, everything's done out back and you can go take a tour of our pits. Um, so getting everybody on that page to uh, give that customer an exceptional experience is the key. Um, and it's cool because, like I said, brisket was not something that people knew five years ago around here. So when I get a customer that comes in and I remember them from the food truck and they walk up to my cutting board, they're like, I want a half pound fatty, this, that, the other deal. You know that you train that customer yeah. to be the expert. So when they go somewhere else, they are also doing that same thing. And, and it's sad because around here, a lot of the barbecue places aren't like that. So I guess that's kind of what sets us apart. Yeah, that's awesome. Very, very great. I mean, great idea. And, and it's always awesome if you can you can train your customers and they're asking for those, these kind of things at other places. And people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, we got a barbecue. We got a barbecue sandwich. <laughs> and marketing is a huge thing, too, Jeff. I mean, a, a lot of these business owners right now are just if they're struggling to keep their head above water or to pay payroll or pay utilities, you know, they're like, well, I, I can't I don't. I don't have the money to for marketing. Well, how, you know, in January when it's the coldest and the slowest of months, how do you not afford to put some money into marketing to get that body back in your door? You know, we do a red envelope thing in the month of December. So our month of December this year, we had 26 different discount line items, 26 in one month um, from you know, we were doing, we partner with CHKD, which is the children's hospital here. So we gave them a check for $2,000 uh, January 1. Um, but we also, during the whole month, we give out this red envelope for every customer. And inside the envelope is, you know, some sort of discount from 15% all the way up to free. And you can utilize it from January to February. Well, last year, we started it two years ago. And again, my business consultant told me about this. And I said, I don't, I don't like to give away money, first off. And I don't really believe that this is going to work. Who the hell is going to carry around a red envelope for a month to bring it back in to get a discount? Well, we had a 37% return rate in January of that red envelope program. That's huge when it comes to marketing. Yeah. Um, so now we gave out 4,000 of those in the month of December this year. We actually ran out like three days before the end of the month. And our 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 customers love it. I mean, there's people that had 12 of them. So they, they came 12 times in the month of December because every transaction you get one. So it just it's like that instant data that you're like, OK, this is this is actually working. You know, I know I have to give something away, but now that person's bringing a friend. And that friend sees that that person just got 50% off. And anything from 50% off and up, we make a big deal of it, of course. We just start yelling in, you know, in, in the restaurant or whatever. Now, in my head, every time I hear you know, my customer or my employees start to yell, I'm like, well, there's money I just gave away. Yeah. But um, You cringe on the inside. <laughs> you, you, see, you see the excitement on the people's faces because it's like they're almost gambling, right? They hand us the envelope and we open it. And we just, you know, it's, it's a fun interaction. Um, but it, it, it drives the people through your door in the two months that are your slower months. Um, and if you're not, you know, we do radio ads and, you know, people think old school marketing is dead. You know, we do mailers and I'm not a fan of mailers. And I, I really think I'm probably done with the mailers, but 
to gain awareness in your new markets, you have to hit people in those old school ways because not everybody's on social media. You know, we, I have a social media company that does our social media and we post every single day. We do reels, we do stories, we do the lives. Um, I mean, a couple of our reels got over a million views um, just recently. And that's cool because now you just never know where those people, I mean, this might be somebody from California that when they come to the East coast, they come check you out. And we get people that travel five, six hours and they're like, Hey, we took this trip just to try your food because we've been following you on social media. So, you know, you really have to take all these marketing, uh, avenues and these, these different things and, and, and pick five or six of them and, and, and do all of them. Because you never know, you, you know, we, I, I joke and I'm like, it's like I'm, I'm throwing, throwing just darts at the wall and not really knowing which one's going to stick because you never do know, you know, is it I'm sitting at a stoplight and the person hears me on the radio because it's me that records the, you know, the, the ad um, because I'm also doing all the live so people know who I am. And are they looking over and seeing my Mercedes van with, you know, a big platter of meat on the side? They hear my ad on the same time. They go on our website. They see our food. You know, which one is it? I, I can't tell you which one is working. All I can tell you is one of them is working. Something's working. We're yep. still getting people through the door. I mean, we, we we have two pillars, you know, quality ingredient, quality customer service. That's really, you know, other than that, you shouldn't need anything else. But that's, you know, you got to get in front of these people. Um, organic marketing, organic growth is great, but I'm very impatient. I want it yesterday. I don't want it 10 weeks from now. So, you know, this marketing just is an accelerant to that. So. Absolutely. um, Hey, are you doing, are you doing much on, um, are you doing any online ordering yet? Uh, We are. Yeah, we do. Okay. That was a tough sell for me too, because again, with barbecue, I want, you know, we try so hard to get people in our door because I want you to see us doing it in front of you. We're very visual, but you know, let's face it. The way of the world is, is online. Um, So yes, we do uh, three different platforms. Um, We do Uber eats, we do Grubhub and we do DoorDash. Um, It's all integrated through our point of sale, which is toast. Um, We also have toast online. uh, So they go to our website, you know, and of course you're trying to push them there. So we do also, you know, we got things that we had made that we put in, we staple on every bag, you know, $5 off. If you go to our website, rather than going to these DoorDash or third party. Um, but yes, we do all that stuff. And it, with, with the weather being is, is, is cold and, and, you know, uh, crappy as it's been and COVID with the spikes of COVID, you know, our Norfolk location is averaging right around that 35, 36% is coming. The sales are coming in through the online. So, you know, that, that has been something. And then you have to train the person we call them the expediter, but you got to really put some training in the person that's assembling these online things, because if your order is messed up, you're not going to go back to that restaurant again. Um, So, you know, that's, you know, we take a very serious when a customer comes in front of us and, you know, but same thing, we're very, very detailed in our online ordering where they can ask for lean or moist. They can ask for this, they can ask for that 
because I want them to have that same experience, even though they're not leaving their house. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Well, that was, that was amazing. And a lot of information I have, uh, I've been taking notes as we went and I'm sure our listeners who are, who are out there have, uh, have also, you know, gained a, a lot of great value from the different things that you've talked about. Uh, it's a great story. It's very inspirational that, that you've been able to, to kind of go from, you know, a full-time, uh, even though it's a food service job, to be able to go from a full-time job to entrepreneur uh, of now multiple, um, you know, restaurant locations, uh, and you're, you're having success. So, I mean, what more could you ask for, right? Yeah, well, have fun. I think that's really what you, you can't lose sight of, right? We, if you, everybody says, if you have fun at your job, you never work in a day in your life. And, yeah. you know, you, everybody laughs at it and, oh yeah, that'd be great. But I'll tell you, I mean, I, we bust our ass. Everybody that works for me, we bust our ass, but you, you still have fun doing it and it doesn't feel like work. It really doesn't. That's, that's amazing. Well, well, Bob, it's a, you know, it's a great story. And, uh, and I, and our listeners, I'm, you know, appreciate you taking the time to come on. I, Looked down at my clock and I realized that uh, I've taken a little longer than I had promised. So I apologize. Yeah, no, that's okay. And uh, okay. once you start telling stories and talking business, I mean, you can talk for for hours, days, right? right? Yeah, yeah. All we need, all we need, is a little pool pork in front of us, and uh, we'd be we'd be set. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but uh, hell, it's Monday, so officially a day off for you. But uh, and for a lot of our our, our restaurant tours out there, but uh, as we all know, it's never a day off. So I'm sure you got plenty on your plate. Uh, but for all our listeners, I just want to um, I want to reiterate that uh, first, your website is www.redwoodsmokeshack.com. Um, so make sure that you guys go out there and check it out. It's got a great looking website, great pictures, great everything. And, uh, and you can place online orders, um, you know, from there you can, um, you can go visit them. You'll see their locations, uh, in Norfolk and, uh, Virginia beach. Uh, we want to make sure that anybody in that area is supporting you guys and, and continues to support you and, and helping you, uh, you know, be successful and grow. Again, it's Bob Roberts with Redwood Smoke Shack. Uh, thank you so much for being on today, Bob. I appreciate no it. No problem, Jeff. I really appreciate it and keep up the good work. And, uh, you know, it's 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 little podcasts like this that really, you know, those little tips and tricks, you never know which small one might, you know, they might pick up from you that might help them tomorrow. Um, exactly. Yeah. So and keep, keep up the good work. Thank you. And we count on people like you to, to support it. And uh, so thank you for your time. Thank you to our listeners for taking time to, um, to listen to Bob and myself uh, talk about Redwood Smoke Shack. Please go and support them. And uh, again, hope you all have a, a great Monday. And we look forward to talking to you on our next podcast. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Local Leaders Podcast. You can find us at www.jeffzpodcast.com or jeffcjohnson.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to come back every Monday and Wednesday for our next episode.